tonight, uh, we're going to transition from what to do before dating to how to handle the dating scene as a Christian, okay? Uh, how do we do this in a, in a, in a God-fearing, God-loving, God-centered way? How many people here have ever been confused by the dating scene before? All right? All right. Again, some of you are playing it really cool. There's like uh, four or five guys right here in the middle. They're like, I'm, I'm perfect every time, right? It's always her fault. <laughs> I, Sorry. Yeah, that was, that was a little personal, all right? No, but this, is, this could be confusing, right? Like, we never really, I, how many people have ever, like, have, have ever, like, been, uh, maybe you were dating someone that you didn't know you were dating? All right? Some of you have been there before, all right? All right? Some of you thought you were dating someone and you weren't dating them, actually? It's this gray area all the time, you know? I mean, there's different stages of a relationship, right? I mean, there's obviously, you know, uh, some of you right now, you're in the I hope she knows that I exist stage. Is anybody there? All right? You know what I'm talking about. Like, like you've, seen, you've seen the pretty girl across the room, all right? And you're kind of like, you're kind of like, you know, like you make sure they'll be like, all right, kind of do that thing. You're, you haven't really worked up the courage to actually say something, but you're kind of like, all right? If I just like, you know, eventually she'll, she'll, we'll actually meet someday. She'll be like, have I met you before? I feel like you're the person of my dreams. Like, that's what you think's going to happen, but that's not, that's not going to happen, right? There's a lot of confusing things. Obviously, I, I think Facebook confuses this sometimes with all the different relationship statuses on there. Uh, you know, you know I, I don't know, right? But what we're here to talk about tonight is how do you navigate the pursuit in a way that is honoring to God, Okay. How do you navigate this relationship in a way that brings glory to God? Because obviously this can become complicated. And we were really under the, we're under the assumption that it doesn't need to be as complicated as we make it sometimes. Yeah. And there is, we have a saying in Kyle Foot, it's there's a godly way to do everything. And so you're not going to find specific things about dating or the word dating in the Bible because dating wasn't a cultural thing in Jesus' day and age. But there are principles that we can use from the Bible to apply to all of our relationships, including dating relationships. And so I encourage you guys to apply that. And last week we talked about how selfishness cannot be involved in love because love is not self-seeking. And so when we, we can apply that principle to any relationship, but especially a dating relationship, and ask ourselves honestly, am I self-seeking? Am I able to love without being selfish? Yeah, I think that's so important. Before we even get started here, we want to kind of hit on that because I think that's really, really important. That uh, again, what Aaron said was so good that the Bible isn't the Bible really is the if we love people, and I'm not talking about like like you know walking up to a girl on your first date telling her that you love her. Okay, that's creepy and that's weird. All right, don't do that. But obviously, if we carry the love of Jesus Christ for the people around us then love cannot be self-seeking. And I think in our generation, right, a lot of times we love to have all the benefits of a relationship without having the commitment of a relationship. And I think we have to be so careful with that. And so what we need to, what we need to understand is that the Bible actually is indeed an incredible guide 
as to how to do this correctly. And how you treat people now, believe it or not, how you treat people now is how you are going to treat someone in your marriage. And so you are actually training yourself to be a great husband or a great wife as you date people. You're, you're training yourself how to treat someone that you care about. And so this is so important. And so we're going to just lay some foundational things. First of all, the purpose of dating, right? We believe that obviously if you are, if you are not self-seeking, right? If you are not self-seeking in your dating relationships, then you have to obviously have a purpose in your dating. If all you're doing is just kind of like, you know, I just want a good time on a Friday night, or I just want a good time, well, then that's actually me-centered. And uh, we believe that the, the way to, to date selflessly is to date with a purpose in mind. And that purpose, obviously, is probably most of you. Uh, how many of you would like to be married someday? Raise your hand in here. Okay, very good. Look around. Those are all potential candidates. For, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So one of you is like, one of you is like, oh no, that girl I like didn't raise her hand. <laughs> was she sleeping? <laughs> or has she been called to a life of singleness? <laughs> uh, don't ask her that tonight. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me, I noticed I didn't raise her hand to that question. No, don't do that. All right? But obviously we all want to be, we, uh, probably all of us, most of us in this room, not everybody, most of you probably want to have a husband or a wife someday. And so the end goal of dating should indeed be marriage. And that should be on the forefront, not the forefront, right? But that should be the, the, the end all goal of a dating relationship. Not that you like have your, you know, your wedding colors picked out on the first night that you ever go out for coffee, all right? But am I making sense here, right? We're not just going to go, we're not just going to, we're not going to treat dating as just flippantly playing with people's hearts, okay? We're going to talk a little bit about that. We just wanted to set the ground, that kind of the groundwork for that, okay? So tonight we have five things to consider for, uh, in order to date in a godly, biblical, uh, uh, non-self-seeking way, okay? And the first one is... Uh, is this simply to glorify God, okay? So in our dating, are we glorifying God? Now, this is the foundation of everything we're going to talk about tonight. And so if we don't understand this, nothing else I'm going to say is going to make sense. Everything else, if this does not make sense, everything else that we talk about is going to sound like a set of rules, okay? But when this becomes the forefront of our minds, then this dating in a godly way is actually about a relationship with a living God that we are trying to be obedient to and live in, in, in community and live in relationship with. All right? We, I believe that we are on this earth for one reason, and that is to be re in relationship with our Creator and to bring him glory and honor, right? Because he's worthy of that glory. We are called to bring glory to God's kingdom. And so I think we get confused sometimes, and everything else we're going to say isn't going to make sense if this is not our baseline. Because it won't make sense to walk in purity. It won't make sense to do these things. It won't be sense. It doesn't make sense to live selflessly if we're not trying to bring glory to God, right? Right? Because that's where this is going to come from. That's where the ability to glorify 
God or the ability to, to be selfless is going to come from. And so we get questions all the time. Steve, can I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if we want to go here yet. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we, we, get, we get questions all the time uh, about how, you know, they, people ask us like, okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm starting to like this person and we've been on a couple dates and we'll ask, well, do they know Jesus? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think so, right? Well, wait a minute, time out. Back up for just a second. Are you a man or a woman of God who wants to bring glory to God in everything in your life? Well, then you should probably date someone that wants to bring glory to God in everything in their life. And I believe that everything that we do brings us either closer or farther away from a relationship with our God, right? If I married Aaron, and Aaron didn't really know Jesus at all whatsoever, right? I mean, do you think it would have affected, do you think it would affect my daily walk with the Lord? You better believe it, right? Do you think it would affect this ministry? Yes, right? So it's going to affect you, right? So everything is going to have to come in the balance of, obviously with the baseline of that. Anything you want to add to that? Okay, all right. The, all right, does that make sense? Are we good there? All right, so that is our purpose in, in anything, is to bring glory to our God. And if you're here tonight and that doesn't make any sense to you, like, you're, like Steve, you're not even talking my language, I just want you to know that there is a living God. There's a God of the universe that created you, and not just created you, but loves you so much that he wants to bless your life and be in relationship with you he actually died on a cross for you so that your sins would be forgiven so that you could be in relationship with him, right? That's the God that we get to glorify. So for goodness sakes, I think we can lay some things aside for just a little while to say, God, how is it that I can bring glory to you in my relationships, right? Okay, cool. Go ahead. The second thing that we can need to consider is communicating. You have to communicate in a healthy relationship. And so that looks like, um, sorry, I was just looking. What signals are you sending to the person that you are potentially pursuing? Yeah, so everything we do in life communicates something. Yeah. And everything we don't do in life <laughs> has the potential to communicate something, right? So... Uh, literally, some, and, and how many people know this, is sometimes what you mean to say and what you actually are saying to someone are two completely different things, right? And it gets us in trouble a lot of times. But here, here's the deal, is that sometimes we, we, we don't even have to say anything. Just through our actions, we're actually communicating things, and that's probably what gets us in trouble more often than not in relationships. Go ahead. And this isn't, like, intended to <laughs> make you paranoid, well, what are they actually hearing when I say that? And like you're step walking on eggshells all the time, wondering if you're sending mixed signals to somebody. But for example, this is just an example. If a guy were to text a girl at like, let's say 11 p.m. at night, what that might possibly communicate to said girl is that, oh, it's 11 o'clock at night. 
and this guy is thinking about me. Why am I on his mind at 11 p.m. at night when he should be going to bed? I must be really important. But the guy's maybe just talking or texting because he's bored and wants someone to talk to. Mm. That is a mixed signal. And so being aware, like, if you aren't intending a relationship with somebody, you have no business just texting them out of the blue at 11 o'clock at night and expecting it to just be not misconceived. <laughs> we got to be careful about what we do, and we can't, like, that communicates something. The same as if that girl were to text you at 11 o'clock at night, that would communicate something to you. And so being careful and being mindful of what you're doing and that your actions do have consequences and what kind of signals are you sending with those. Yeah, so guys, girls' brains work a lot better than ours, all right, when it comes to these things, all right? And so a lot of times they're like nine miles ahead of us, and we're kind of like, huh, right? <laughs> and so we have, to, we have to be gentlemen, right? And we have to know and, and, and care for those people. If we are truly living selflessly, we are thinking about how our actions are affecting the people around us, Right? And if you kind of like, if, if you have had the attitude that like, well, she shouldn't have taken it that way, right? Or she's just too emotional or she got too caught up in that. Do you understand how selfish that attitude is? And yes, sometimes, sometimes things get carried away and whatever else. But do you understand why that's so selfish for us to live that way? Because essentially what we're saying is that it is your problem, not mine. And we're not looking at our own self and taking a good, long, hard look and saying, oh, wait a minute, maybe, just maybe, I could do something different here in this situation. That's living selflessly. That's living the way that the Bible tells us to live in love. All right? So what does that mean for a relationship? Go ahead. Who has ever heard of the DTR or define the relationship talk? (laughs) Define the relationship. So with that, it's important to communicate early and communicate often. And one thing, if I can just brag on my husband, is that he did really early on in our relationship was he communicated his intentions. He didn't just, like, start texting me and hope that I kind of got the signals and then let's just see where it goes. He was very intentional about first, well, we met at a wedding, so he asked me if I could dance in front of all my friends. So that was pretty cool. But but anyway, he was really intentional about communicating early on, hey, I like you. Let's just get to know each other. And like let's like and but then he didn't just leave it at the get to know each other phase forever and just hope that like it just progressed. Like we had very like I could ask him at any time, where are we at? And he would be able to tell me. And that was like so appreciated as a girl that I never had to try to like make up a story to my friends about who this guy I was that seen, like I knew where we were standing at all times. That made me feel really secure. And so I encourage you guys, like don't be afraid of like, you don't have to be like dating committed on the first time you meet this girl, but just define where you are. Like defining where we are at many times in the relationship was I'm not ready to commit fully to dating you, but I'm getting to know you because we didn't know each other at all before. Yeah, I think we kind of like skip over a lot of steps yeah. there, right? It's like, well, okay, we're going to go out for awkward coffee, right? <laughs> and be like, uh, hi, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, like, we don't really talk about anything until it's like, 
So I guess like we should probably talk about whether or not this is official or something, right? Or until like somebody asks you, so are you guys dating? And then like, you both look at each other, you're like, uh. What? <laughs> I, I know. So what we're saying is communicate early, but also communicate often. Hey, I'd really love to get to know you better. We should go out for coffee sometime. Hey, this was a lot of fun. I'd love to continue to get to know you a little bit better. Hey, I'm loving getting to know you. This has been so much fun. Like, I would love to continue to do this. And, uh, hey, this is getting, like, we've been out a couple times now. This is getting serious. Like, I really want you to know that, that uh, like, I would love to make you, like, my girlfriend. Make this thing official, right? So there's multiple steps with that. It's not just, like, we're in the gray area right now, right? Like, progr- yeah, progressive communication is always good. And if a guy isn't willing to do that, ladies, it's probably because he has a committal issue, all right? Yeah, or commitment issue, right? He's got a, uh, he's got an issue with maybe actually just like settling down and saying, you know, this is this is where I'm headed. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, so I want, I don't know, I won't be afraid to ask the the guy where things are at. So, but guys, don't make her have to ask. Be the take the initiative on those things. So, but girls, you can ask. But girls, you can ask, obviously. Okay, and guys, here's one of the things that I've seen a lot of times. Uh, commitment is so important when it comes to these things. And uh, uh, what I have seen a lot of guys do is because of our, uh, sometimes a guy's inability to commit, they they do what, what I call leaving a girl on the shelf. Okay, now this is terrible. Don't ever do this. But what happens is, is we kind of are like talking to this girl, and we kind of like her, but we're like, uh, I don't know. I kind of want to leave my options open. So I'm not going to really take her on a date, but I'm going to continue to text her, and I'm going to continue to kind of like lead her on a little bit. But, oh, look at this. I found this other girl over here. So I'm going to kind of start to do that. I'm going to kind of start to text this person over here, and eventually I'll decide where I'm going to like settle down and, and which one, one of these people I like the most. At that point, you're playing with a young lady's heart, guys. Don't do that. All right? Make up your <laughs> make up your mind, be committed, and if it doesn't work out, that's okay. If you go on a few coffee dates and it's like, "You know what? We're not really feeling this." That's all right. We're all adults in here. And is it going to hurt? Yeah, of course it's going to hurt. But it's going to hurt a lot less than feeling feeling like you got drug on for t- three or four or five or six or months or a year, right? So don't make that. Don't do that. All right. All right. The third thing. Are we going to talk about that? You want to? Yeah, we better. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but here's the deal. Ladies, if a guy asks you out, and it's obviously intentional, he he likes you, you can probably tell that he likes you because he's probably going to be nervous when he asks you out, right? He's, uh, he might be a little bit awkward, okay? Take it as cute. Don't take it as anything else, okay? You're like, oh, that's so wonderful. You liked me, all right? <laughs> now, if he asks you out and you are not interested, please don't say that you need to check your schedule and get back to us, all right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just communicate. We're men, all right? We're men. We can take a punch, all right? We'd rather have one punch right to the jaw than, a, like, this long, miserable week and a half of you checking your schedule, right? We're not idiots. We know that if you really liked us, you would clear the schedule for us, all right? 
And so don't, like, don't, don't feel bad of just saying, you know what, I'll just be, I'll be honest with you, like, you're awesome, but I'm just not interested in, in doing that, all right? How many guys would appreciate that type of answer? Okay, so there you go. So go ahead. Okay, girls, I know what you're thinking. I just don't want to hurt his feelings, so I'll just give him the date, and then I'll have an excuse for actually not. That's rude. <laughs> Because that guy just spent money on you, and you knew from the get-go that you didn't like him. And so is it easier, ask yourself this, And is we're it not going to forget, all right? It's not like we're just going to, maybe he'll just go away. <laughs> no, we won't, all right? Maybe I'll be forgettable. <laughs> um, ask yourself this, though. Is it easier to say no before we even go on a date? Or is it easier to say no after I've spent time with him, and now I have more of a relationship built with him? That's not easier. And then it turns into three dates, and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> Just say right away, hey, I respect you way too much to lead you on. I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 um, cool. Uh, it, that clear communication also goes for breakups as well, okay? We just want to touch on this. Man, if, if there's going to be a breakup, Aaron and I – are have I don't think we've ever really seen a break work in a relationship ever. We've seen we probably have like maybe like a maybe like a two percent success rate of that, and we have a uh, and then there's like a ten percent where it ended and it ended okay, and the rest of it is like it got ugly. All right, it just kind of blew up in people's faces, and so we we uh, when when breaking up with someone uh don't drag it out don't say oh it's not you it's me it's it don't just be deliberate say you know speak your mind rip the bandaid off and then walk away all right and uh that doesn't mean that you need to revisit the relationship a month later and be like can we just talk i need closure all right <laughs> go to jesus about that closure like go to jesus uh, the close, going to that person for closure isn't going to help. It's just going to reopen some of those wounds, and it's not going to help, all right? Uh, that's why, you know, your brothers or sisters in Christ are so so valuable for those things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else to add there? Oh, and don't blame God either. Yeah. Don't just be like, you know, God told me I'm not supposed to date right now. Uh, don't do that, all right? If that's, if, if God told you, if God told you that, like, you... Like, I need you to be a single for a year. Awesome. But if he didn't, don't blame God because then all of a sudden, us guys, right, right, like all of a sudden, like a week later, you're going on a date with another dude. You're like, so God changed his mind, huh? <laughs> okay, right? You insult my intelligence, all right? So. <laughs> no, you have to be honest. I, this is just like from a personal story, if that's all right. I really felt for like a year that God wanted me to not date anyone. And I didn't listen to him, and I started talking to a guy, which was my fault. And so I had to talk to this guy and say, listen, I didn't blame God and say, God's calling me to a year of singleness. We have to be over. I said, listen, God called me to this, and I didn't listen to him, and I'm really sorry that that's affected you, but I can't talk to you anymore. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Be honest. And if you disobeyed God, it's like be honest about it. Don't throw God under the bus. It's... That's hard, but you disobeyed him. But you can live in freedom now, and you can obey him. But don't be dishonest about it. Yeah. All right. 
We got to keep moving. We do. We're having too much fun. Yep. All right, so go ahead. Okay, the the third thing is that um, to have a godly relationship, we have to protect that person, and we have to protect our hearts too. In Jeremiah seventeen nine, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Our feelings are fickle, you guys. We can't like the phrase "just listen to your heart" or "do what feels right." whatever feels right isn't always good, is it? <laughs> Who's like, like, oh, this feels good, and then you're like, that was a terrible idea. So don't listen to your heart, but listen to God. And don't just listen to your feelings, because when you start getting hormones in the picture, they're not going to lead you in the right place. And so listen to God and have, have what you are going to, like, have your goals mapped out before somebody is in the picture. Yeah, I think uh, this is so this is so so good because I think that uh, obviously I think we a lot of times we we tend to listen to our hormones a lot more than we listen to anything else, more than we listen to wisdom, more than we listen to maybe the voices of the people around us, right? And uh, and we need to protect our hearts in that. And so, but we also need to. Um, yeah, we need to, to protect the protect the other person as well. And so one of the couple of things, guys, this is uh, you're going to you're going to think that I'm crazy. But but I'm just what we're speaking from is literally 10 years of experience of of working through uh, seeing pretty much every single pitfall uh, that you could see in dating and relationships and help. Uh, we want to help you guys try to avoid some of these things. OK, so, guys, this is one of the things that I've seen when when we are not able to to uh, guard our hearts, okay? If you, uh, let's just say you like a girl, and, uh, but you're kind of like, you're kind of like playing it cool, right? So you're playing it cool, and so you don't really want to like come on too, too quick or too fast or too aggressive, so you're just kind of playing it cool. But the problem is, is that really what, what playing it cool is an excuse for is just not, you know, being able to be brave enough to go up and just ask her on a date, right? And so what happens is, is what I've seen a lot of guys do is they, like, date a girl in your mind for, like, three or four months. Like, oh, you like her for three or four months, and she becomes almost this, like, almost this, like, fairy tale princess in your head, all right? Because all you've ever seen, oh, she's so wonderful. Oh, she's so great, right? And then when you actually go on a date with her, one of, or when you actually, when you actually ask her out, if she rejects you, she'll be like, yeah, I'm not really interested. She will think that she's just telling no to a guy. But in your mind, man, you have not protect, protected your heart. And so essentially what she's just done is break up with you and not know it. And you go into this like week or month of mourning over this. And and this can happen to the girls, too. It's not just for the guys. All right. But do you, do you I mean, we've all known someone who's probably been there. Right. Okay, the other thing that could happen is that she, she, he or she could agree to go on a date with you, right? And then all of a sudden, this person is not anything, anything that you're looking for. They are not at all, they're not at all compatible. You don't even, you might not even really even fit with this person hardly well at all. But in your mind, they're already the perfect person. Because you've made them to be that perfect person. 
And so you date for like sometimes seven, eight, nine months before you finally realize, man, this is not the person that I uh, thought that this that they were, right? Or even worse, you end up getting married to that person, and that relationship is going to have problems for a long, long time. Okay, so this is so important to have editors in your life because we can struggle with what we call hormone blindness, right? Uh, you don't you don't see the truth, and so to have an editor in your life, what do we mean by that? is to have someone who you care about, uh, someone who you trust, who you give permission to say, hey, you have permission in my life to tell me if I'm being stupid in a relationship. And I might hate you for a while, but I'm going to, I'm, I promise that I'm going to at least be able to listen to you. We need people who keep us from, from, from those pitfalls. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man listens to advice. So, yeah, of course. Like when we're, man, when we are, uh, right, when we're all starry-eyed and mystified, there's probably not a whole lot that can tell us to, to, like, this is a bad idea. We might not be able to see it. So, all right. Go ahead, Aaron. The fourth thing that we can do is to pace our relationship. So last week we talked about how, and we already reiterated this, but how selfishness cannot be involved in a loving relationship. And our effort should be to be as far away from selfishness as possible. And part of protecting a relationship is pacing that relationship. Okay, so uh, this is really important. And last last week we, we talked a lot about the importance of sexual purity and God's plan for sexual purity in our lives. And that God wants sex to be reserved uh, only for marriage, and that that was his plan for sex all along, and that is where sex is best enjoyed, and it is where it uh, it doesn't hurt people, it's where it does not cause damage in people's lives, all those things. You can listen to the podcast uh, uh, if you if you miss that, so we're just going to go based off of that. Okay, so we're we're assuming tonight that we understand that God's plan for sex is within marriage. Okay, and like I said, if you're looking for the why, listen to Pat last week's podcast. But if that is our goal, if to glorify God, we need to be obedient to him, then sex can't be involved in a dating relationship. But here's the problem is that obviously it's something that uh, we're, you know, everybody's going to be tempted to do. And so we call this the timeline of a relationship, okay? So over here you have the start of the relationship, right? And, uh, and then over on the other side over here you have what, I, what we call the breaking point. Okay, and the breaking point is where one of really one of three things is going to happen. One, the intimacy between the two people involved in this relationship is so great that the sexual tension starts to rise and you're going to end up having sex. Okay, and so that's obviously, if that's, if that's one of the options and we want to glorify God in our relationships, we want to try to avoid that one, okay? So if we're going to avoid that one, then the other two options are when we hit that breaking point is either in order to glorify God, man, if we keep slipping up, we keep slipping up, in order to glorify God, either we need to break up and end this thing or we need to get married at that point to be able to follow what Jesus is telling us to do. The problem is, is if we hit the breaking point before we are ready to be married, then what's the only option? 
it's, I mean, we, we either have to, we're either going to fall into sin or we're going to have to maybe have to walk away from a relationship with someone that we maybe care about a lot and that we wanted to have this thing work out for the long haul. Is that making sense? Okay. So that pace from the start to the breaking point gets accelerated based off of different things that we invest into the relationship, okay? And so there's four gas, well, three, right? Three gas pedals. Uh, Yeah, so three gas pedals that kind of accelerate us towards that place. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, Aaron. The first gas pedal is time, the amount of time that you spend with this person. If you go from, like, not really knowing them or spending, like, casual time in groups to every single day with this person, your gas pedal of time is completely floored, and you can run into some issues. One, you can lose all your friends because you're not spending any time with your friends, and that's not a good option because you need your friends, and you can't just abandon them. Who's ever Don't raise your hand, but who's ever been abandoned by a friend because they got a boyfriend or a girlfriend? And then you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> but that happens when your time gas pedal is completely floored. This, the other gas pedal is your emotional gas pedal. So this can look like if you share your entire life story, every wrong thing that you've done, like all of the, the junk that's in your past on your first date, you are like hyper-emotionally connected to this person now. And that can be a problem, especially for girls. Girls communicate through emotion. And so like if a guy listens to them and has like a good, like deep conversation, that's like this huge connection for a girl. And so if that happens like right away and you are like sharing every part of your life with this person right off the get-go, that like really enhances your intimacy. And that's a problem. That can be a huge problem. And the other one that's connected with that is our spiritual, it, it, like a spiritual intimacy with this person. And so if you all of a sudden, your personal relationship with God gets completely interconnected with this other, personal, other person's relationship with God, and it's not your own anymore, it's yours together, there can be a huge problem. Because you're not able to fight your battles and, the, and grow the way that God wants you to grow personally because all that you have is a couple relationship with God. And that's not even what God calls us to do. Like, when you get married, you become one, the Bible says, but you still grow separately. Mm-hmm. I mean, together, but God works on you individually. And so it's never a good option to completely intertwine your spiritual connection to God with this other person. Yeah, I think we hear all the time, you know, students come to us and they, they really want to glorify God. They want to they walk in obedience to God. And... Uh, and we hear this phrase a lot, Steve, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened, but we messed up. And I think a lot of times what it can be traced back to is that one of these gas pedals was floored, right? They were hanging out every single night of the week. They were, you know, sharing everything about their lives together early on, right? And then the fourth or the third gas pedal is the physical stuff, Right? So there's time, there's emotion, and then there's the physical stuff, this, the, the touching, the, the whatever it is. And so what we, what we advise couples to do is to set boundaries, physical boundaries in your relationship, right? So if, if, uh, if obviously, if having sex is the, the ditch where you do not want to be, then you need to set up some guardrails in your life, right? 
And we recommend that the guardrails aren't like right next to sex. You know what I'm saying? Because if they're right next to sex, I don't know, you probably you'd have to be a much stronger person than I am to not have it obviously once the momentum gets going to have it lead there, okay? Let's just be real. And so where are those boundaries going to be? Now, this might sound old-fashioned, and this might sound lame, but I think what this sounds like is this sounds like the Word of God, right? Is to say, you know what? I want to protect this person that I am in a relationship with. And I want, I'm going to put their needs above my own because this person, until I have a ring on that finger, that person, I need to treat that person as if they are somebody else's wife because I can't let my level of intimacy past my level of commitment. Okay? And so you got it. We got to understand that, that really what we're doing is it's not about depriving ourselves of something or just like disciplining ourselves to, no, we can't, no, 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 bad, bad, bad. It's, it's saying, no, 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 I love you, I love you, I love you too much to take something from you that's not rightfully mine to take. And so I don't know where that is for you. I think that the, the rumble strip or the no-fly zones or the guardrails, however you want to talk about it, is different probably for every single person. But, man, I think that you – let's be real in this place. Man, if we're going up shirts, down pants, taking clothes off, to me that falls under the line of having there not be a hint of sexual immorality among you, as the Bible talks about, avoiding the, the very appearance of evil, right? All of those things. God says, listen, my son, my daughter – why flirt with the line when, when, when my blessing, if you do things my way, my blessing is going to be so great for you? We, uh, oh, go ahead. You'll never, ever, ever regret the times that you said no. Yeah. I, like, looking back on Steve and my dating relationship and engagement, I never once regret the times that we said no. It's, yeah. it's always a good option. And we want you to know that, like, Aaron and I, yeah, like, is Steve a pastor? Yeah, okay? But, like, it it wasn't like we had, like, this, like, really simple purity walk, right? It's like, holy, holy, yay, we're so holy, right? <laughs> I mean, have you seen my wife? I mean, she is smoking hot, all right? So, yeah, this wasn't easy for us, but it was so worth it. <laughs> Sorry if that's awkward and weird. We love each other, okay? We're married. Yes, we have sex, okay? Sorry. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> really? No, Steve. <laughs> Where do babies come from? All right, so, the storks. listen, really what we're talking about here is we're not talking about restriction. We're actually talking about more freedom, okay? Aaron's dad, when we started dating, he, he took me out for, for lunch. That was intimidating, right? And he sat me down, and he says, uh, he says, so Steve, uh, you, and I didn't ask him to per, for permission to date his daughter. Maybe I should have. Uh, but he says, so Steve, you're dating my daughter. I think you're a great guy, but I'm just going to ask that you would do one thing. I said, yeah, of course. And he said, Steve, I'm going to ask that you would never, ever put her in a position where she has to say no. And I said, yeah, I can do that for you. You see, the heart behind that statement was that, Steve, listen, don't be selfish. 
And don't try to take something that's not yours. And don't put her in an uncomfortable position. Essentially, the heart behind that statement was, Steve, I'm going to ask that in this dating relationship, you put my daughter's needs above your own needs. And if we practice that in dating, oh, man, marriage is going to be so much easier if we can get some of those things nailed down, those disciplines nailed down in our lives. Okay. Um, pacing allows ahead. us this is the last thought on that point pacing is allows us to walk away from a relationship without baggage so let's say you go you date somebody for a while you, like even months or a year and you just realize this is not right this isn't what god has for me if you paced your relationship yeah it's going to be painful to walk away but just imagine walking away from a relationship knowing that you protected that person and that you didn't take something that wasn't yours that's like a beautiful way to do relationships. And if it like if you have or if you're in a relationship and you know that you have like floored these gas pedals, yes, I just so want to encourage really good. you. Listen to this. Listen to this. Okay. Wake up if you're sleeping right now. Go ahead. It's harder a lot of times to hit the brakes and to stay steady with that, but it's not impossible. But the thing is, you have to walk through repentance and restoration. And God wants to restore you. Like if God like if obedience is what God calls us to, he provides a way for that. The Bible says that we're never tempted beyond what we can bear, that God always provides a way out. And so I want to encourage you, the, the process of repentance, the, the word repentance means to turn away, to have a change of heart, a change of mind. And so when you repent and you say, God, I'm sorry for what I'm doing, you're literally asking him to change your heart and to do a 180 degree turn and walk away from that. And with that, you don't hate yourself, but you hate sin in your life. And you say, God, I hate this sin that I did, the same that you hate the sin, but you don't hate me. God never hates you. He hates sin because sin leads to death always. And so when you repent, you have a change of heart, you have a change of mind, you hate the sin, and you walk into freedom with God. And I want you guys to picture that. That's like the only way you can make it in a relationship when you've hit the brakes because your gas pedals were down too low. But that's the only way. Otherwise, it just it won't work if you don't have that full change of heart and change of mind. But it's possible and it's beautiful. And I've seen incredible people, incredible people do that. And so there is hope, but you need God's help and you need restoration in your in your life. Yeah. So if you're listening to the lie tonight that uh, we already blew it, I already blew it. Too late. Oh, well. Just know that God wants to redeem that. He really does, right? Another common lie that we hear, and I, I just felt like I was supposed to share this. If you're here and you're like, man, well, how am I supposed to know if I'm sexually compatible with someone, right? You're going to be sexually compatible with someone. We hear that a lot. Like, well, how do I know if, 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 if I'm going to enjoy that with this person? You're going to enjoy that with this person, all right? You're actually biologically designed to enjoy that, all right? So you don't have to worry about that. And so don't let the devil lie to you and fill your head full of these things that, that you're going to read about on a blog, on Facebook, right? Man, God's way is the best way. We need to trust his love like we talked about last week, okay? All right, the last thing, the last and final thing is that we need to evaluate, evaluate, that makes it sound really like. Anyways, all right. So, uh, again, we're not looking for the perfect one, all right? But obviously, we want to make sure that the person that we're with is a compatible partner for us, right? 
Because we would like to have fun in marriage for the rest of our lives, right? <laughs> and marriage is a big commitment. I mean, it's for the rest of our lives, till death do us part, right? And so, uh, so obviously compatibility is important. So we have 12 questions that we're going to end with tonight. We're going to go through these rather quickly. Don't worry, all right? Uh, we have 12 questions of compatibility, and some of these are going to be like, ooh, that's good. So you might want to write these down. Or are they going to be on the board? No? Okay. So you might want to write these down. We'll post these somewhere as well if you're like, you know, like trying to get this all down. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I'll, I'll do the first one. For number one, does this person have healthy same-gender friendships? Okay. If they don't have any friends that are of their same gender, you can probably guess that if all they have, if it's a girl and all they have is friends that are guys, or if they're a guy and all they have is friends that are girls, there's probably a heart issue going on in there. And what we talked about last week is there's probably some sort of health thing that they need to talk to Jesus about first, all right, before they, before they start dating. Okay, go ahead. Am I proud and confident to be around this person in public and with my friends? If you feel like you have to hide the person that you're pursuing from your friends or your family, that's a huge red flag. Number three, do I trust my credit rating to this person? This is a good question to ask, all right? If they're like spendaholic, shopaholics, have 14 grand worth of credit card debt, listen, that might, that might you know, you might want to get that, you might want to talk about that before you, uh, before you say I do. All right, go ahead. Would my feelings for this person change if their physical appearance were significantly altered? People gain weight after marriage, too. Then you don't look the same when you're 60. <laughs> So if you're only dating somebody because they look good right now, there's got to be character. That's you'll what I'm trying to say. You'll, you'll still be hot at 60, man. <laughs> all right. All right. That was really creepy for some of you. All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Number whatever we're on. Five. Does this person treat their parents with respect? Okay. Now, this is not a always 100% true, but... As a general rule, girls, watch to see how the guy treats his mom. Or your sister. Prob or, your, or, her, or his sisters. You're probably going to get treated in a similar fashion. Okay? Guys, watch the girl and watch how he, she treats her dad. You're probably going to get treated in a similar fashion. Okay? That's not always true. We understand that there's sometimes family is messy and that there's relationships, thing, problems, and whatever else. But... It's a good, good, good guide. Go ahead. Do I want to spend holidays with my potential future in-laws? If you cannot stand their family, you marry into their family. And so obviously there's some times where family situations are really messy, and that's a different story. But it, honestly, if you can't, if they're really, really close to their family and you can't stand their family, I would really consider that. All right, the next one is, do we have similar values and life plans? Family priorities, politics, how do we vacation? Do we want the same number of kids, career, all of those things, right? Uh, those are important things to talk about. And, uh, and if you don't know at all what you want from life yet, probably just put dating on hold, all right? And that goes to say, going back to the pacing thing, if you know that 
like, let's just say for some of you in here, and I've heard this a lot, uh, that if your parents say, I will pay for your college as long as you are single or as long as you are not married, right? Uh, there's a lot of parents who have that deal. But once you get married, you're, you're, you're out of my hands, right? So you know that you don't want to get married until you're after, after you're done with college. Or maybe just financially speaking, you're like, I would like to have a job and whatever else. Then you probably shouldn't start dating somebody your freshman year. Because you need to pace that relationship out for four years. You see what I'm saying? And that's a long time to pace a dating relationship. That is a long time to continue to, you know, grow in intimacy with someone without slipping up sexually. Okay? So I just wanted to go back and say that. But if you have no idea what you want from life yet, uh, I would just wait until God gives you some direction and then eventually, once you're running after him, like I said, man, if you stay focused on Jesus, you're running after him, eventually you're going to look to your right or to your left, and there's going to be a young lady there, guys. All right? And I know, I know that sounds like fairy taleish and weird, but, uh, but really, it's a beautiful thing. So follow where God's got you, and, and God will bring someone alongside of you. Okay. Right. If I become handicapped, would I trust this person to stay with me and take care of me? This is a real question. I just real quick, my um, when in 2009, my mom got diagnosed with MS, and that's like a pretty debilitating disease. But watching my dad like selflessly protect and care for her has been the coolest thing ever. Like she's had to completely 100% change her diet, and my dad like really likes ice cream, and that's not part of that diet. <laughs> And so, but he's, like, given up and joined her in that diet to make it easier for her so she doesn't have to do it alone. Like, that is selfless love. And that, would you trust this person that you're thinking of pursuing or already pursuing to protect you in that way if you became handicapped or had some debilitating disease? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aaron's dad and mom went on the candida diet, and I asked him what that was. And he said, he said, well, Steve, do you like cake? I said, yeah. Then you can't eat it. <laughs> Do you like ice cream? Nope. Can't eat it. <laughs> so I don't call it the candida. I call it the can't eat it. And so, but he would, he never makes that, those jokes around Judy, right? Like, or, or he does sometimes, but he really is a good sport about dieting with her and, and just, uh, man, he takes care of her so well. It's beautiful. Next question. If I died when, now these are kind of morbid, right? Uh, if I died when our kids were young, would I trust this person to marry a good parent for our children? That's a deep character question, right? Deep character question. Okay, go ahead. Am I willing to give up my independence for this person and my future family? Yeah, so like guys, like that might mean, you know, when you get married and you have kids, it might mean playing a little less video games, right? And girls, that might mean you can't go shopping to Target every time you want new clothes. <laughs> That's independence, and you is have to give it up. Is that what the kids are doing these days? Yes, it is. <laughs> Target. All right. Um, Amazon. So you're going to give up indep independency to that person. Okay, uh, next one. Can this person be trusted to follow spiritual principles? Do they tell white lies? Do they have integrity? Are they who, like, behind closed doors, are they the same person that they are in public? Yeah. If they're a different person in public than they are behind closed doors, that's that's a really big problem. They don't have integrity. 
And then finally, the last question of evaluation is, does this person love Jesus more than they will love me? Guys, if you want an incredible marriage, marry someone who is passionately in love with Jesus. And not just like, like oh, he goes to church, or oh, yeah, she comes to Chi Alpha once in a while, but that someone that authentically and passionately loves Jesus. Uh, guys, there's some things in life that you'll walk through that, that really nothing can really prepare you for. And, uh, uh, and Zane can come back up to the guitar. Um, there's some things in life that you'll walk through that nothing really can, compare, can, can prepare you for. And you are going to need to know that the person alongside of you has a supernatural relationship with a supernatural God who supernaturally loves you, right? I mean, even in, uh, in our short time of being married, I mean, Aaron and I have been married four years. We've watched uh, one of our parents walk through an inc- incredibly damaging uh, bout with seasonal depression and, and with uh, Aaron's mom's MS has gotten worse and my dad has walked through cancer and cancer treatment and and like and people told us that that moving to Alaska in our first year of marriage was going to be incredibly damaging and incredibly difficult on our marriage and guess what it was hard it was hard because the move was stressful and it was new and we were still figuring each other out and we didn't really even know who each other were yet and it was difficult and guys I don't I don't know, I literally, I look back at these last four years, and I love my wife. But I can't imagine walking through life without Jesus. I can't imagine having Jesus to run to for both me and for Aaron and for us to be able to lean on him as a couple. I can't imagine it, guys. And so, man, make Jesus the priority in your life. And not just, the, not just a priority, but make him everything in your life. And marry someone who has Jesus as their everything in their life. Amen? Don't settle. Because you're talking about a relationship that is going to, you're talking about a decision that is going to affect the rest of your life. Because as a, as a Christian, man, we, we, we don't even want to, like, divorce like that shouldn't even be an option in our minds right so we got to just think about this as a decision that we are making that is literally going to affect the next 80 years of my life 80 years is a long time right and so jesus better be involved with that because he knows a lot more than i do and he's he has a lot more wisdom than i do and so i'm so thankful that I have a wife that loves Jesus even more than she loves me. And my wife loves me a lot, and I know that. But when I'm a doofus, guess what? I know that we're going to be able to work through it because my wife loves Jesus. And she's going to forgive what Jesus has already forgiven, right? We could talk about that for a long time. But, man, don't settle. Don't settle. Whatever you do, don't settle. Man, I dated a young lady once. Sorry, I'm going to talk about past relationships. Is that okay? 
I dated a young lady once who when I got called into ministry, she got a glimpse of that. And she said, Steve, I don't, I don't want to be a wife of a pastor. I don't want to share my husband for the rest of my life. I said, okay. And we were like, we had dated for a year. I was like 23 years old. I mean, I was thinking this might be the girl that I'm going to marry. And I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to compromise the call of God that's on my life for somebody. Okay. I dated another young lady. <laughs> After that, who when she heard about Alaska, wasn't too excited about it. And then I met this incredible young lady named Aaron. And after our third date, I kind of laid it out for her because I was kind of done playing around, all right? I was like, listen, I'm in ministry. God's called me to be a pastor. And sometime in the next five years, I'm probably going to be moving to the state of Alaska because I know God has called me there. And I'm not creepily asking you to move to Alaska with me after our third date, but I just need you to know what you're getting into here. And she very politely and very chipperly said, well, Steve, I didn't see myself living in the Midwest for the rest of my life, so I'd be open to moving somewhere someday. <laughs> and, and she said, and Steve, I've felt called since I was a little girl into ministry, and I've had a dream of being a missionary someday since I was a very young, young lady. I said, okay, let's keep getting to know each other. <laughs> so don't compromise, guys. Figure out where Jesus is taking you and run with it, for goodness sakes, because there is nothing more important in this life than bringing glory to our God. And he loves you so much that he wants to bless you with this marriage relationship, hopefully for most of you, right? He wants to bless you with this thing. He's just got a few things that he says, hey, do, that, do things my way and it's going to go a lot better. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here tonight and you realize that you need that redemption that Aaron talked about, maybe you're in a relationship that isn't godly, that isn't going the way that it's not bringing glory to God, it's actually taking you away from God, and you need to, you need to make a hard decision either to end that thing or maybe to hit the brakes and go to God in repentance and say, we need to change this. You could just raise your hand in this place, say, God, that's me, I, I need to do this. And if I obviously know that that's a personal question, so if that's you and you don't want to raise your hand, just, just say, God, that's me tonight, I'm willing to change this, okay? If you're here tonight and you say, man, I did this wrong in the past, I've screwed up a lot in the past, God, I need some healing, God wants to, God wants to give you a fresh start tonight. He's so excited. He's so excited to give you a fresh start. Do you know that? He's so excited to come in and say, yeah, let's take care of some of that pain and some of that hurt. He's so excited to do that for you. And if you're here tonight and you just say that, yeah, I need to completely, I just want to give this to you, God. I've been running around feeling like I'm kind of like a chicken with my head cut off a little bit, trying to chase chase a relationship, and I'm just going to place my trust in you. I'm going to run after you. I'm going to trust that you have, have someone for me, and that you want to bless me, that you want to bless me as I walk in obedience with you. Just speak to him about that tonight.
Listen, we went over time, and so we're going we're gonna to close in prayer, but I would ask you to do something. Uh, if you're making a commitment to the Lord right now, you're saying, I'm going to do this differently next time, or I need to change something right now, tonight, for the glory of God's kingdom and for his purposes in my life, I want you to tell someone tonight before you leave. Tell a small group leader. Tell me or Aaron or Dr. Trotter and Leah are here as well. Tell one of them. Talk to somebody about it because I guarantee the same lies that you've been hearing all month long, all year long, maybe maybe your whole life, are going to keep, are, they're going to get spit right back into your ear as soon as you leave this place. And so you might need an editor to say, hey, you said you were going to do this. You said that, that, that God moved in this way, and I'm going to hold you to that. Okay? So can you do that? Okay, if you, if you say, yeah, I'm going to tell somebody about what, I, what I'm making a commitment in my heart tonight before I leave this place, just raise a hand as a way to say, yeah, I'm going to make that commitment. Okay, cool. We're going to pray for this, and then I'm going to ask that all of you, after we're done here, would just find somebody and before you, before you walk out of here tonight or text them tonight or whatever you need to do. So, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you so much for being a God who redeems things. And Lord, for those individuals in here who need redemption, they need, a, they need a cleansing, they need a fresh start, I just pray that you would give them that in the name of Jesus. That they would not feel condemned tonight, that they would not feel shame tonight, that they would not feel regret, but that they would feel hope, and that they would feel healing, and that they would feel your love that you have available to them. And for those in here who need a fresh start God, would you give that to them? For those in here who need courage to make a decision, God, for those in here who need fortitude to, 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 to make a decision that might be painful, that might not feel good, that might let somebody down, Lord, I pray that you'd give them courage and strength to be able to do that for the glorification of you and for, the, for, for, their, for your God-given purpose in their life. And Lord, I just pray that all of us would be able to bring glory to you in everything that we do. And Lord, I pray, God, I pray for every single person's future spouse in this room. Lord, some of them, both of them might be in this room. But Lord, I pray that you would bless each individual to get them ready for their future spouse and that you would bless and protect that future.